Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, episode 255. Lightning hit my asshole, and apparently we have three podcasts in uh, nine days. Don't ask what happened. I found a spark. Um, so on the line, and if you're watching on YouTube, um, you'll see Jason Tebow from Punch Rock Sports. He is infamous for pissing in the sink on episode 141. And I thought he was joking, but he saves his water. And I got to make an awesome edit today. Um, with my phone that doesn't really work well. So I hope you guys like that horrible edit. So it's on Instagram. Follow along everywhere. And uh, Jason Tebow is the Teeb on Twitter. And Jason with a J-A-Y S-O-N-T-H-I-B. It's, you know, the rest, right? Um, A-U-L-T, yeah. Yeah, you'll find it. Um, it's on Instagram. I tag them everywhere. So um, Jason's also a Falcons fan. And, um, you know, I don't really have much to say about it, Jason. Um, I did want to get into Josh Allen. I want to get into Josh Allen later because you've always been really high on him. And, um, before we start, do you have anything that you want to get off your chest real quick? I did want you to roll into Urban Meyer. We were talking that pre uh, podcast here but like what's going on your podcast talked about uh the whole paul situation and a bunch of stuff you guys are always up to like retarded whatever wild stuff that it's kind of hard at work if you work anything with heavy equipment maybe be careful i'm not even kidding i get that a lot you know what i hear the most is i was playing your podcast without headphones at work and i got in trouble for some whatever reason some sort of rape some I don't even know. No, by the way, how, I know, people know we've been kind of just chatting and catching up before we hit record. And we were talking about a lot of different NFL things. We talked about Urban Meyer, which I think is hilarious. And I, you know, I worked for the Red Zone for 16, 17 seasons. And we were talking about that. And I go, I, I know for a fact that all, every NFL owner except for Shade Kanu owns Jaguars, who kind of dances to his own beat. And I mean, I don't mean that that he's like this really eccentric guy by any means, but he just kind of has this I'm super rich kind of Bezos kind of attitude towards the NFL. And the NFL looks at themselves as like an organism. They look at themselves like, you know, Voltron. We're not the Green Bay Packers. Whoever's winning the Super Bowl, we're not the Patriots. That's not the end. The NFL is 32, well, 31, very rich old people that don't put anything else before that. Like I say, when you walk into the NFL headquarters, there's a big NFL shield. And right behind it, it says, protect the shield. And that's like some gangster mafia fucking don't fuck with our money or you're going to get dealt with. You don't think the NFL doesn't have 50 fucking to 100 Ray Donovans? You don't think every NFL team doesn't have a Ray Donovan fixer? Oh, you send the wolf? That's all you had to say, Negro. That's 100% how people like urban Meyer get dealt with. Um, so there's a, so you want to know something and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't buy the quarterback of the Texans. I don't know what's up with that. I have done no research on it because uh, I, I look at, Watson? yeah, I look at this Deshaun Watson thing, like a, a snuff job. Um, he says a he doesn't want to play. Um, and all of a sudden this information comes out and then I have a source that has a source. You would actually know this because I was too young. I was in high school. So, but like I heard allegedly, allegedly that maybe a quarterback with a name, he played in Indianapolis. Um, he maybe paid somebody off like 900 K or something for maybe pretty much a similar situation. And this guy's a fucking American hero. I think that's when he was in college. It doesn't right. So now had, all this other an shit. Allegation of him sexually harassing a, a, a trainer, one of the trainers for Tennessee. We won't say the quarterback's name, but it rhymes exactly with Peyton Manning. <laughs> um, couldn't rhyme with it more, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, he had gotten into some. And you know, I think the NFL and everybody really kind of had. That didn't happen when he was at Tennessee. I think that happened maybe after his rookie year, then that lawsuit came out. Damn. Um, I think they waited till he had money, uh, and then go. Oh, remember when you sexually harassed me? Like, 
you know, I wasn't there. I'm not saying he didn't do it. I'm saying he paid for it and made it go away. But I do think a 20-year-old college kid who's getting a massage from a hot 25-year-old physical trainer who makes some sexual rude comment is different than a guy who's been beaten off by every single massage therapist or tried to get them to finger his asshole uh, and then tries to get them all to pay for it to go away is a little bit of a different thing. I think this guy's got a, I do think he has a problem. Well, as I a person who's a, gone a, down, as a person who definitely didn't dive into any wild things I've heard Redman talk about over the years, um, I would never do such a thing. No, nobody has. You're talking about um, one you know, it, it's world, just all hearsay, but let's just say the fucking issue I have with this is that there's plenty that will do that. And you don't need to, I, I used to, I was engaged to a massage therapist and that would terrify me if some dude just wants to like sexually fucking harass her because like you're a woman in a small fucking room. I mean, we don't have to yeah. talk about that. We obviously get it. You know what I mean? And it's, sure. it's just, so like what I want to know is my friend, actually, I was talking to you about him earlier, this brother, Ryan, um, he has a Steelers podcast has been on the shelf for 18 months here and we have a logo for him. Um, it's going to be called the fuck Jonesy's Steelberg podcast, a little wordy, but he's a good kid. So I bust his chops about Ben Roethlisberger. Now he's 23. He lives and dies football. Like, dude, I hear Shannon Sharp every fucking day. And Skate Bayless and like like man, you wanna know what I think about LeBron? No, I don't. Like <laughs> So what do you right. think about yes. Ben Roethlisberger and and the whole um uh, allegations back then? Because I never again like like what I've learned with Sam's podcast Tinfoil is I actually hear alternate sides of the story and a lot of the stuff I've come to has come from a corporate media and when I look at the NFL like the shield of if you don't fall in line, we're going to fucking do the same shit that we do to Hollywood people, the same shit that we do to everybody else. You're falling yeah. in line, fuckface. You are not a yeah. real boy, as, as Sam would say, right. right? You are right. Yeah, well, that one, I, I, if, if I'm honest, and when all these happen, I mean, two things. One, I'm just a giant NFL fan across the board. Always have been. I, it started with Tecmo Ball and then Madden and then, you know, I mean, I've always been a diehard Falcons fan. So I've always, and then I stumbled into that job doing stand-up. It's just like a side gig. And then kind of worked my way up throughout the years. So when it came to shit like that, I got pretty good at researching shit and kind of having my own opinion. Of, okay, I'm sure the Steelers are saying, well, the first thing they'll do is no comment. We don't want, you know, uh, we haven't fit. All no comment means is I haven't figured out my lie yet. When anybody says no comment, they go, we don't know how we're going to spin this so it doesn't cost us money or lose us money, more so to say. Um, but it for I, look, and again, I wasn't there. I will always say that when it comes to this. But if you ask me to bet and you look at what was paid to make go away, what not go away and all of this, it looks like he held a girl relatively against her will in a men's room had some very big people stand in front of the door so she couldn't leave a men's room offensive um, lineman I, look there's 290 pound uh, athletes that can't get around those guys what's a little 115 pound girl gonna do in a bar uh and i think that he's always kind of been that entitled guy I think that no one tells these people no. And I think they have enough money to make that kind of behavior go away. And I always kind of really liked Roethlisberger. He went to Miami of Ohio, which is a Mac school. I went to Ball State, so we both went to the same conference. He was there when I was there. He was a little bit uh, younger than me, but Roethlisberger, we were both around in the same age in college together. And uh, so I was real disappointed. I wanted it to be wrong. I wanted him to fight it and say this never happened, and uh, and that never happened. I mean, all the witnesses said that's what happened. I mean, and I was very disappointed in that. And ever since then, I kind of always rooted against the Steelers because I always didn't like that Ben was – he was who I thought he was, a rich, entitled athlete 
who hasn't been told no since he was nine years old. You know? And ever since then, I kind of, but I did get a little choked up uh, watching his last game the other night. I found that to be, he built that stadium. That stadium was his, and he did not want to leave that field. He had tears in his eyes. I don't know if you saw that. And I go, no matter what anybody's past is, when, when, when you get to watch somebody have a moment like that, be like, fuck, man, this is the last podcast I'll ever do. I really want to soak this in, you know, or what, you know, and for him, seeing him not leave that field. And I almost wish that scummy fucking group of fucking 200 fucking photographers weren't following him around. I wish they would have just left him alone and let him have that moment with the fans. But I thought it was, I thought that was cool. But I do think he held that woman against her will in a fucking bathroom with some dudes that she, he didn't even need those guys to intimidate her. It's only a little woman. You're a, you're a quarterback of an NFL team, and that's why with him and Watson, it's like if you got to represent a city, yeah, you represent a city, yeah, you represent every little boy and girl that buys your jersey and help you build your house and let you live this fantastic life, you don't also need to pressure some women for sex, too. You've been Roethlisberger. You've been getting your dick sucked. He hasn't touched his dick to piss since he was a freshman in high school. You don't need to be doing that shit. Come on, man. man. You ain't some dude that's got a problem getting pussy, that just got out of jail, and all your fucking, uh, uh, you know, hormones are going nuts. You're not some crazy school shooter kid that's all hormoned out. You're a goddamn rich, grown man that's representing a city with a lot of little kids that look up to you. Shame on him. And, and another thing, too. Um, He's going to get fat, too. I don't mean to cut you off real quick. But if there's anybody in the NFL that looks like 10 days after retirement, they're fat as fuck. He's going to look like John Candy the next time you see him. How the fuck does John Candy not hit TB12 and go, yo, TB, what? I got a little rapey in me, too, but, like. Can you help me get on a fitness program? Because he came into the league like the young Josh Allen, where he could throw uh, with the good arm when, and run a little Josh bit like Allen a fucking moose. When Josh Allen was a rookie, I go, man, this guy's got a lot of that fucking Roethlisberger kind of. He can right. run. He's big body. He can run you over. And he's got a good arm and a good football brain. So what's wrong to that? And I'm going to give you a little backstory, as I told you before. So... I did this awesome fucking draft special. And me and my friend Mike, who um, I exchanged painting a room for him giving me Madden lessons because he would just run the ball one year on me and show me where he was running. Wait, 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 wait. You keep getting run over in Madden. You go, hey, I'll paint your house if you teach, give me better at Madden. It was technically a trailer. <laughs> That's even white trashier. I was just going to go for how white trash this is, and then you added that it wasn't a house. It was a mobile house. That's the white trashiest thing I've ever so, heard. So, bro, here, yo, 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 you would love this. You would love this. So, this is like 2011, okay? Um, I swear to God, I, I grew up in seventh grade watching Seinfeld in South Park and shit, you know? And, and I, sure. You know, I... I grew up a little fast, even before then, with, with with my father and the rock and roll thing, and and I'll tell you that it's um just what have you done for me lately? And what that means to you is, I extracted how he works by fucking simply painting his trailer. So now what I do is I drag it out, and I usually win about more than half the time. So, for example, he's on the Xbox. I go to his house now, and I play him, and I hit the wrong button, and it doesn't go to fucking digs. And I'm like Jerry Seinfeld, where I I play laundry. If you got Trent Edwards and fucking Roscoe Parrish, I don't give a fuck. And now, finally, last year... So to give you an idea real quick, and, and to the listeners, two years ago, him and I, my friend Mike, we've always had this rivalry now for about 10 years. We, um, I, he used to whoop the shit out of me all the time. It's more 50-50 now for the last like eight years, but what I would do is only play hey, him like three. that's how it goes, too. That's how it goes. And I would purposely play better, him like three better, times better. a year. Yep, I play him three times a year on purpose. Once I crack the code, and the thing is, is he's a talker, dude. He keeps talking, yo, bro, what's up? When he's up, he's like, yeah, baby, you know, so I'm so good. Dude, 
in front of my friends, I want to do this like show called Over Sticks with him, where we just bicker and talk about Madden fucking memories because he just loves to go off. Dude, you could have heard a fucking pin drop, and I just want to put a timer on him. And like every time, like a live timer, like how long he's actually quiet because it would develop storylines because I don't care if you're a good player or not. Like when you lose in fucking chess football, you're fucking mad. And when you lose it over crappy programming and I had to update, I I go, I go, Mike, you beat me. This was two years ago. I go, you beat me. I need to update the game. Um, But I will play you with the Saints right now. They have all these fucking X factors and I will whoop the shit out of you because these assholes are just dropping the fucking ball. 21 zip he did end up winning the game but i get him i go bro 21 zip i gave up let's be real updated the game and next thing you know with the bills a lot better because they gave josh Allen credit and and there's a thing where like if you're like a i hate to say if you're like a small market team the hardest part about watching the bills is they always want the patriots to win and when you see that nicole roby pass interference that's a hyperbole and a big metaphor of what the league fucking thinks and how much control there is and to wrap up the i think the league is fake and bring it back to josh allen there's this book called interference called uh how organized crime influences professional football by a guy named dan e moldia and uh i forgot what year i think this is in the 80s but yeah so there it is t so it's an audio book and um you know people think that the league isn't started from gangsters i'm not looking to get my head kicked in or dead buried you know but like we put a lot of emotions into it you know i was a season ticket holder through a fucking hitler youth mandate i'm not going like you can go fuck yourself you 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 tell me you love the season ticket holder you love the fan no you don't I, i i knew this already you know when I Google how much is a flyover. Like, I started waking up to it. So when Josh Allen comes into town, and I see how they treated EJ Manuel, which is somehow, by the way, Nathaniel Hackett went through the fucking ranks through Doug Marone as a quarterback's coach, somehow as a rookie OC quarterback's coach, okay? Uh-huh. And you remember EJ Manuel, so check this out. Absolutely. Eric, Eric Wood. He had a good first year, and you go, oh, man, this guy might be a decent. I don't remember where he went to college, but he was scrambling quarterback i don't mean that because he's black i mean he got hit as a brown right tyrod taylor right so as a fan i'm like holding my whatever quarterbacks flag is up still that could be fitzpatrick ej Manuel, tyrod taylor i love fitzpatrick i hope the falcons get him next year yeah and you know something dude he was an example of chan gailey where at that time i was telling you started to really dive in i was about 23 24 where you started to understand how football work and I started to understand the media and a friend of mine that would work with me. He happened to be in school when I started uh, my podcast or public relations. So he started to break it down to me like, yo, 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 this is how it works. This is media literacy. I was like, Oh fuck they're lying. Or, Oh, this is from the player side or this is from the team. So I started to be able to sort it. And I heard EJ Manuel on a podcast with Eric Wood, the former center of the bills. And Eric goes, um, you know, I had this theory that a rookie offensive coordinator is going to double down as a quarterback's coach in the fucking NFL. Go fuck yourself. According to old reports, your father was a boring offensive coordinator anyways. I want nothing to do with you. Doug Moron, you're a fucking retard. Coming from the 90s from Syracuse, what, you wanted a pinstripe ball? The fucking we need to make money ball? You took your team? Get the fuck out of here. You're going to coach an NFL team because Chip Kelly's the hottest thing and now you're the next one? Oh, stop, dude. My point to you is they ruined EJ Manuel. He went on Eric Wood's podcast and confirmed literally fucking eight years later what I thought, which is rookie offensive coordinator, rookie fucking quarterbacks coach. So here comes McDermott. All you heard about Rex Ryan, which honestly I was a fan, because when Rex Ryan came is when I started the podcast. I was like, oh, fuck, dude. Game over. I get to be a fucking clown over it, and I would just fucking get ripped and like have my friend that's around like edit help me shoot video as i'm diving off a roof high as a kite stupid shit but you could get away with that rex but what i liked is he would bring players he'd put buffalo on the map and he is an empowering kind of person and i had a little bit of an emotional attachment because i started listening to that book um that he put out there uh shallow crossers or whatever the fuck that came out um, where they shadowed, I think, year two of the Jets with Sanchez and Revis and, you know, year two of That's the... That's when his foot fetish thing came out. Right, right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So when the Bills get Josh Allen, I did this 
special with my Madden friend there where I painted his room for tips, and, and Mike broke down his six quarterbacks. And we had Tyrod Taylor, okay, the, the first year of McDermott. Somehow they let me through cover one dot nine. He was a bill too, wasn't he? What's that? Tyrod Tyrod was a bill, wasn't he? So, so yes, so check this out. So I forgot he was a bill. Okay. So check it out. So check it out. Check it out. Dude, you would love this. You you want a deep cut, dude? You want a Beatles deep cut right here? I'm gonna hear Greg that Roman. Greg Roman with Grifter Kaepernick had that offense, okay? Uh-huh. And Kaepernick, Greg Roman came to the Bills under Rex. What they did is they got Rinchy Incognito. They started running a power scheme. After game five of McDermott's year, the Bills were horrible. The first hire from McDermott was on offense was a guy named Juan Castillo. You might remember him as an offensive coordinator for the Ravens. He was a run game yeah. coordinator and an offensive line coordinator. I frankly believe that the Bills systematically tanked that year. They put in Nathan Peterman on interception three of five. I was rolling on the ground hysterically laughing at my father's house. And then you find out from Joey Bosa, quotes, oh, I don't think the line was blocking for him. They took Tyrod Taylor out, put Peterman in. And they tried limp- to kill him, have him killed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And let me tell you something, <laughs> man. They allowed my retard ass on the sidelines that year through this website. Uh, my friend was starting a site called uh, Grandstand Sports Network. It was like. A thing, he asked me to be a part of it, and he does a thing called Cover One, and they're, like, way serious, like, awesome breakdowns, bro. You would love it, like, really, like, smart. You sent me a thing about that. You oh, did I? About that. I think yeah, you yeah, would. Yeah. Oh, dude, they're great. And Or you sent me a clip. Uh, not oh, a clip, yeah, that's right. Your boyfriend, the Falcoholic, was on it. Falcoholic. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're way and more I love mature. Their podcast. They're, yes, that's why I, I connected the, the piss stream here. I was on their podcast, but yeah. Yeah, that's yes. I, I remember you telling me that. Premier Falcons podcast. In my yeah, opinion. the Falcoholic. Um, and so cover one, they got press passes, and all I wanted to do is be like the caller, the guy listening to the mainstream media talk about the bills, and actually be like, dude, can I just go on the sideline? So there's a picture of me. With Tyrod Taylor in the background on NFL Network, and I got like my long hair and like proud I don't have a college education wearing a golf shirt, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, I have pictures where dude, I could have tripped him and ruined his fucking life when he's running on cleats across cement, dude. I could have did it for a bet, I could have, but I wouldn't do such a thing, you know. So it's like that's how. Yeah. It, you know, it's He'd like be so fucked, bro. They would dude, don't fuck around with that shit. It, yeah, and you know what's crazy too is Sammy Watkins was there, okay? And I was a always f- loved Sammy Watkins, bro. I heard that there was an article because again, I went into this like red pill period where like I don't give a fuck about sports. Uh, a lot of my personal life, and, and, and so I didn't know that there was an article of Sam. Uh, Sammy Watkins was playing games drunk or coming in drunk, but you know what he did, drunk or not? He took its chess again. You know, we're playing Madden. It's chess. Yeah. He took a safety with him. You had to pay attention to Sammy Watkins. And when McDermott came in, they ship off all these players. You had Ronald Darby, who was a rookie, was the guy that was picked. He was Doug Whaley's second-round pick, which was the year they did not have a first-round pick because they gave it away for Watkins, which, by the way, was a Russ Brandon, who was a marketing guy's pick, okay? And when they drafted Sammy Watkins, I did the same reaction for E.J. Manuel. Who the fuck is this? And then who the fuck is throwing him the ball? And right when they got Allen, Mike Smith, my boy Fantasy Smitty, we call him, he had a quarterback breakdown podcast. We did a whole live show, and then we did a draft show. And the last guy he wanted was Josh Allen. And you know why I didn't want Josh Allen, Jason? Is because I saw all these players get mentally beat the fuck up coming through Buffalo. Okay, and leaving I can in see a dumpster. What you're saying here, you thought you know? he was just going to so, be the next one in the line, not to protect him. I didn't you think had PTSD. You had QBSTD, dude. Anyway, that's not right. But you did have quarterback post-traumatic stress syndrome. You go, here comes, an, you're like an abused wife. And you go, here comes another man that's going to punch me in the face because I didn't make a sandwich fast enough. <laughs> Let me give you a story. I'm so retarded that training camp for the Bills is like up the street. at Saint was up the street for years from Rochester, like downtown pretty much. And you never and like, went? Uh, it, it's been there, training camp in Rochester, like for, for the Bills yeah. for like 20-something years, maybe 30. 
and now not anymore for the last two. But I went one year. Like I, I just started going. Like when I was trying to reverse engineer what the fuck's going on. Like no way they suck this bad. Like like what's going on yeah. here? And you go one day and Kevin Cobb, you're like, wow, that guy throws a fucking ball. <laughs> and then you go to go the next day and you see Kevin Cobb slipped on a mat and is out for the year with the fucking concussion. That happened right. to the Bills. That's why EJ Manuel had to fucking start, dude. And when I tell you that Jeff Tool, all due respect to EJ Manuel, who was undrafted through a more touch pass and a better ball than EJ Manuel, people might think that's crazy. But what I found out is that there's only so much really to think about with football, and it's really on the players to actually love the game as corny as it sounds and to do the work. And Josh Allen, I'm so proud of him that he went with Jordan Palmer immediately, and when he came out in the preseason, uh, my friend Mike there has a dynasty fantasy league that I went back into, which I drafted uh, Andrew Luck the first year he had that league, and then Andrew Luck went off the rails. I'm back in the league. I draft Josh Allen, and I'm Josh Allen truther, okay, because I was yeah. in Vegas watching his preseason game. Peterman had a shorter field in the preseason than Josh Allen, and Josh Allen needed to start. I wanted to go back to the playoffs after we limped in there from you know the Bengals, and I feel that the coaches have been, frankly, holding Josh Allen back for a long time because he had an interception game uh, a couple years ago against the Patriots, and Dable told him, hey, man, use your head, you know, other expletives with it, right? And he wasn't throwing the ball nearly as deep, and they go, oh, look at his passing percentage. And it's easy to talk without context. But when you looked at Josh Allen coming into Buffalo, how did you look at it from the outside? Because I looked at it like – this is crazy that it would work. I think from the out, I mean, from the out, you're talking about the whole Josh Allen project coming in. Yeah. And from then the into Buffalo. Me, from the, well, from the outside to me, I thought you, uh, I thought the opposite. I, as a, I don't hate the bills. I, I guess I'm a bill sympathizer. They're one of the AFC teams. I do. I would root for if they weren't playing the Falcons in the uh, Super Bowl or something, but um, I don't have that quarterback PTSD that you do. Um, I've, I've watched you guys go through that, like we see happening with a lot of teams as well. But when you got him, I kind of go, hey, I think th- I think they finally got the guy. You know, I, for some reason, you guys seem like a team that was always looking for a Lamar Jackson or, or uh, like the, or a Michael Vick, a guy that could – get you 800 on the ground and get you fucking 4,000 in the air. Um, and I think you kind of just peeled back and go, what if we get a guy that gets us 300 on the ground and 5,000 in the air? And I think you went more for like, a, for lack of a better term, a Roethlisberger or a Byron Leftwich or even a Troy Aikman. Like he's a big bodied pocket passer, but he's fleet footed. He's not a guy like Matt Ryan who's going to plant his tree, his feet into the ground like a tree, and if you touch him, he goes down. Uh, so I thought, hey, if this guy's halfway decent, the Bills are going to be tough. Because at that time, your defense was stacked, and you were losing games, um, you know, 17-6. Uh, uh, to six. You go, fuck, man, you're holding teams under 20, but you're still losing. You just mm-hmm. need someone to drive the bus. And all of a sudden, you got one. If you guys had a I know you got Singletary, I know you got Moss, I know you got a, a bunch of people back there. But if you guys had like a fucking 25 touch kind of Najee Harris kind of running back, the Bills would be terrifying. So Singletary for the first time actually got 20 plus carries. I think he might have got 22 or 23. And um, I mentioned this guy Juan Castillo who came in and pretty much the Bills were set up when Sean McDermott took over the team. Uh, Eric Wood had a back injury. He had to retire from football. Incognito went off the rails. But this was a month and a half before the draft. Um, so they had a plan in place, I think, to pretty much not care that much. Uh, you're, you're one with Alan. And Juan Castillo was still there. And what they did is they decided to um, do more of a zone blocking scheme, essentially. I'm, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm half, I'm, I'm half down here. And 
what ended up happening is you go look at what the Ravens are doing and that how Lamar Jackson would have fell to the Bills. You have a guy like me where one of those picks was Sammy Watkins for Josh Allen. And then at the same year, you're going two third-round picks just to trade up to get Tremaine Edmonds. So you're going to tell me that middle linebackers are a dime a dozen, allegedly. At the same time, you're going to bet that you're going to be able to afford to sign both of them. So now the Bills have $9 million of cap space. And the media shames Darius, which is being a fucking, he was being a fuck up to. Okay. And then they bring in Sarah Tule, who's a one-dimensional player. They have a leg up on Calvin Benjamin. He's a fat fuck. But I have empathy for him because I think his mother passed away or something like that. So, you know, whenever something traumatic happens, people start to change. And, and you, again, you have to love the game. But they had a leg up on these people from Carolina. And they don't really pan out. And now, every problem the Bills have, you can line up through the trenches, frankly. Okay, and the offensive line was kind of ignored. And I've seen the best part about being a Bills fan is that's the chess of being a GM is, hey, you know, it's like you're building an avatar character and you go, hey, man, if you want to make your strength good, then your smartness has to, you know, you only can. There's only so much water you can put in the cup, you know, so once you're out, you know, if all your money is on that fancy quarterback. You better be able to protect them. That's why you look at these teams that build, 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 and they have a perfect team, and then they draft a fucking quarterback that just slides right in, like Mahomes or fucking the Bills. Whoa. Or you're starting to see teams reverse engineer and give a young guy a great line instead of draft a guy like the Bears did, draft a young guy and watch him run for his fucking life. We don't even know who this quarterback is with the Bears because he says hike. And a defensive end hands him the snap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sounds like Jake Cutler. Well, that's what happened to RG3. RG3 ran for his life for Washington. They dra- drafted the quarterback and they had no offensive line. So we didn't know if he could do a five-step drop. We didn't know if he could do a seven-step drop. He tried a three-step drop, looked at his number one receiver. If he wasn't open, if Pierre Garcon wasn't open, RG3 was gone, running for his life. And, you know, yeah, he was rookie of the year. And then the next year, he pretty much suffers a career-ending injury. And he's been a backup the rest of his life. Well, it just kills me because I feel like if Josh Allen was set up, you know, if you watch the game tape, yeah, they had McCoy. And, yeah, he went downhill. But, like, he went downhill because they changed what they did. Um, and he had a fullback and felt in, and they were doing well. So I looked at it like if you put Josh Allen behind that, it's a safe offense like what Lamar Jackson's doing now, you know, and they had designs runs for this guy. And in all due respect to McDermott, he's got three uh, 10 plus win seasons. I'm proud of coach, but, um, you know, again, I think these guys are when, when you come in, tell them you have a notepad. And then the first thing you do is take a number one run, rushing offense and put it in the fucking dumpster. Um, and then you're giving away all these picks and you don't have an offensive line now three, four years ago. Well, you could have had cheap offensive linemen. As a Bills fan, we know how to build through the draft. Drafts one through three are starters, and guess what? The coolest part about yeah. football, there's more positions than any fucking sport. So what's that mean? You can even narrow it down to what system do you have top five fucking players? Get them. Don't tell me this is some fucking big, stupid process like it's a goddamn right. dog and pony show. It's not that fucking hard. All due respect. The hardest part is coaching men to come back the next day and to show up to work for you and to love the game yep. and to honor their contracts and to, I, I, I have a lot of empathy for the coach, but frankly, um, I don't know if you watch that, that Bill's Patriots first game that was a dumpster fire. Yeah, I pretty Bills. much watch every game. I pretty much, I'll have the Falcons game on one thing. I'll have the CBS game. I'll have the Fox game and then I'll have red zone on my iPad. So I pretty much see every that's Every game. that's a that's a a, a a metaphor for you jason um of just i think the coach not letting the players play um and right. you know what i mean so josh allen is that guy to win that game you got him for the winner okay you could have ran with him and then the next week it's almost like they listen to the fucking post game shows and go oh yeah 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 we should we should activate this guy we should activate this guy. Why was this guy in the doghouse? So, you know, and 
it sometimes I think these guys like I didn't find weed in my life till I was like 29, but it, it kind of helped me focus a little bit, and then it just drove me crazy. Me too. So like, you know, golfing with weed is like a whole different thing for me. You know, um, you know, that might be my new favorite thing in the world: smoking pot and golfing. Dude, you know, the Rogan podcast, when I was straight edge, I used to, you know, not do any of that stuff. I used to listen to, like, yeah. a lot of Rogans just golfing and I ended up walking. So, like, Rogan talking about boss rooting, you know, talking to boss rooting, telling those stories and shit, that would be golfing. And uh, I feel like golf is, like, men's meditation in some weird I totally way. agree. But yep, man, it's, there's nothing, I, especially during this pandemic, I really got into it and I just... I can just get away from everything, put on a podcast, fucking how to have my coffee, just drinking coffee and get out there like eight before a bunch of people before it's crowded. I almost have the whole place to myself. It's the best. What's it like really to not, what's it like to not be in LA? You've um, been back Boring. home, right? Boring. Boring. Yeah. I'm Boring. going to LA next week. What about being in LA you... on the 13th? Permanently? Like, no, like I'm just, I got a, I'm, I'm going back for eight days uh, just to hang out, do a couple gigs, play some golf with John, me and Johnny. I'm going to play golf. I'm going to play golf with Chris Brockman, Tiana's baby's daddy from um, Rich Eisen Show. I'm going to play. I'm just playing golf with a bunch of people. I'm going to do gigs at night, try to get some pussy. And then I'm back here for a show I have on the 22nd. Me and Marilyn Rice Cub got a show in Valparaiso. And then I got a show in Michigan after that, so I got to come back. And then I think, then I think in February I'm gonna go to Austin for a week or two. Dude, that's see, see all the gang there. That's a busy schedule. Um, I'm actually thinking about moving to Austin. Not to be Austin guy, I was I traveled to Miami in March during this pandemic yeah. thing. Miami's expensive though. Miami's cool, but it's expensive. Well, dude, I'm in not New that York. Austin's cheap, but Miami's. Oh yeah, that's true. I, well, I'm in upstate, in though, but, like, dude, they oh, okay, just, okay. I have, like, no representation for my tax dollars. I'm sorry. Like, this this shitty city's uh, 10 years to get a fucking cement skate park. Get the fuck out of here. It's been prototyped in California for 50 years. And come to find yeah. out, I get I get my hands involved. I might know some people. And, um, you know, I find out that the city, or it has to deal with the Department of Transportation, all this red tape. Um, but my point is, is I was going to ask so you. frustrating. Yeah, it, it's horrible. Um. You know, Austin, Texas, it's it seems to be pretty neat as far as like a good cultural point. Um, but I was not really sure compared to like a Los Angeles is on a weird lockdown. And Austin just seems well, Los Angeles. I'm interested to see what I, what because I haven't been to LA for 19 months, man. I just been back here outside Chicago and just literally doing nothing. I mean, I done maybe 20 25 shows i run a show once a month in valparaiso i have a different headliner come out i had ren easy on the first one i had jeff richards and i got rice cup on this one then i got duncan coming i got nice. co coming but just once a month and i'll do 30 minutes and then now it's a 400 seater but i haven't been doing really just been chilling so but i have a lot of friends that are still in la and i have a lot of friends that moved from la to austin and to New York and Florida. I mean, everybody just kind of went everywhere. It was like some, like the comedy scene got hit with a cue ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somebody racked up all the comics on a billiards table and just hit them with a cue ball. And then everybody just scrambled everywhere. Because I mean, that's a good thing about this. With podcasting and doing stand-up, you really can kind of be anywhere. It was just awesome, all of us being in L.A. because we could all do gigs together every fucking night. I mean... You know, and, and all those clubs are so banging over there. But I'm interested to see what L.A. is like when I get back next Thursday because it, it sounds like a goddamn zombie movie. It sounds like the set of Walking Dead from all the, you know, talking to Earl Skakel, talking to Don Barris, talking to all my friends that are still there. They, like, you won't believe the homeless problem here. And it was bad when I left. And they're like, it's, you have never seen anything like this. And I go, Jesus, Really? So I don't know what I'm going to do permanently, but I do think 2022, I'll probably just be rooted here. Definitely through the summer, I'll be here through the summer playing golf because I have a membership at this course that I love out here. And I'll just go, I'll go to Austin for two weeks. I'll go to LA for two weeks. I'll go to New York for two weeks. I'll go to, you know, and just kind of travel though. 
Because last year, I wasn't able to do shit. So this year, I think I'm just going to go everywhere and see everybody that I've missed and do gigs in every city that I can and then just kind of have it home-based here because I don't want to go to L.A. in a month and no. find, and get a fucking $1,700 a month apartment and after two months realize this fucking sucks. Cock, man. This sucks. So I kind of, I mean, I might like Austin. I might want to live in New York for a year. I might, I mean, I know Chicago likes back of my hand, so well, Chicago's always there. I'm kind of sick of the regulation because, you know, um, as you know, through the music stuff, like you can take that DIY to an S level and I would not hire friends cash for years. And, um, that kid that works for me is on the books and, uh, he's a good kid. And when I can't give him more money sometimes because I have to pay stupid insurance, you don't have to pay in other taxes and other spots. And I've had like this anxiety of just like state regulations. I've never been total on this, like Michael Malice type thing. But when I've yeah. woken up to this, I'm like, holy shit, they're literally just stealing from me and I'm in the free market. So like if a bunch of fucking idiots don't have confidence in their product that they provide, they don't look at abundance. They look at scarcity and they just undercut, undercut, undercut. Well, frankly, here in Rochester, New York, it's a beautiful place. It's got a lot of potential. Um, I always been like, yo, I could I could build up the AAA farm team of bands and do whatever. I had to make a decision. Do I want to write songs or get complaints that I'm sick of the same venue or people don't come to shows and you have a lot more artists and fans so whatever hollywood does whatever you're talking about politically my city kind of goes that way here believe it or not because i look at it like if politics in new york city have satellite cities across the state rochester is definitely one of them and we have one of the highest fucking murder rate percentages that's gone up and um to ramble on more for you here through this show i befriended brenton biddlecom and uh oh i was gonna ask you and, and lucas hurl lucas hurl and lucas yeah, hurl um and i was gonna talk to you about this off air but we could leave this on um and no, long story I'm short dude brenton biddlecom we're hospital babies man we were born in the same hospital and, oh wow that's crazy yeah dude and, and and like to find out that like you know these guys like I, I went to the, so I went to the comedy store once and it was in 2019. Okay. And when you're talking about Hollywood, I went to the Epstein fucking kill Tony or like they did the Epstein one. So oh, okay. with Louis uh -huh. J. Gomez, in the was main there. Room, not the belly room. You're in the main room. Right? Yeah. The big room. Okay. And the first thing I did there, which was an honor was take a huge fucking shit. Like just like an enormous fucking shit. And it felt right. Great. You know, I remember that shit. <laughs> It was a powerful was shit, but that city Somebody smelled like yeah, that I... city smelled like fucking piss. Like Hollywood was just piss. And I have family Hollywood, in LA yeah, County. Hollywood proper, yeah. The first time I went to LA, um, I have family in La Brea. Over the years, they moved from nineteen. My dad's grandma, my dad's grandmother's sister moved in 1960. Back in you know, they're like fuck this. They moved in 1960. So when I was like. 14 i went there i was like yo this place exists like why the fuck are we so my whole dream was to go out there so when you're talking about being like remote and doing your art and i'm talking to biddlecom who's a saint because dude i will call him up when i'm going through midlife crisis thingy in miami and he will sit there on the phone with me for a half hour like, hey man send an application to all things comedy we might be using a producer soon or we could do this and that if i have any questions bro he's so fucking awesome he answers he's them for me and he's like, hey, him and, Dave. Him and Hurl are the best. Dude, and they go, and the fact that Hurl does like Skyrim and, and, and these video things that are just off the rails, like they're very talented and empowering people. And, you know, I fake business. Like Tim Dillon puts like a, a term to my life on a lot of things. And, and fake business is it because I always have ideas. I don't even do coke. And frankly, Lucas is like, or not Lucas, Brenton's like, hey, you got to use this thing called Pitch Deck. You know what I mean? And then you could do this whole fill it out and then I can understand what you're saying. I was like, oh, so he's very good. And I was actually going to ask you, um, would you ever be down for like a super show if I got those two to call in? Absolutely. Okay. Because, you know, I was going to tell you, because uh, when I got up this morning, I had sent myself a note reminding me about the podcast tonight because we were texting yesterday about it. And... So I just, right when I woke up, I had, you know, my alarm's going off, but it's like, hey, podcast by 30. And I go, 
Uh, and I said Bill's podcast, 530. And I go, I wonder if he's ever had Brenton and Hurl Baby on. I, and I, dude, right here, it fucking says to fucking. No Hurl, shit. It says Hurl, Hurl and Biddle. I wrote Hurl and Biddle to ask you, because if, if you hadn't had him on, I was like, you got to meet my buddies because they're diehard. I mean, like Bill's, I could talk Bill's with Hurl and I have in the last decade Dude. of my life. I've talked Bill's with Hurl and Biddle at the comedy store for probably 60 hours or NFL just in general. And, and, and that's the thing is like you, you yeah, find I would love to be on it. You get them. I, I would love to be, I mean, not, you don't need to do that, but if you, I, I would absolutely do it. If dude, it them, would be, it. it would be an honor. I already faked businesses out that I was like, yo dude, I think the Bills mafia brings a different demographic and football's really stiff. So, um, if you had a bills focused show and you guys just want an outlet, even if people just like, like Rogan set up a cool format where like you don't need to be consistent, but at the same time, that kind of only works for him. And and you, it's so saturated right now that you have to really be dedicated. And when algorithms flipped in 2016, and it ain't just, yeah. it's like saying if you were to fly over the neighborhood that there's like somebody like rolling paint right over them when you have algorithms just erasing shit. So like when I post something to my numb bills fan and it's oh under business now instead of my personal and I've tested them and my personal does way more, it's like you're fucking with me. You know what I mean? Right. And um. You know, so what Brenton Piddlecombe does um, in, in Lucas and, and everybody with their content and promotion and, and all the hustle as a comedian, there's an art to that. And um, it's a lot of patience and there's got to be a way where you're not invasive, you know. So and it's like who wants to talk about just the bills or just certain NFL topics? But in the yeah, bills, a lot of times to me, that's just a jumping off point. You know what I mean? That's why ours was so vague, where it's like sports. We were in a parking lot, the three of us at the comedy store, Ari, Sam, and I, arguing about sports. And Ari goes, this is a podcast. Because we were at each other's throats. And all of us were bringing up, and we go, okay. So really a lot of that, even like the Bills podcast, What we, we talked about the Bills for, what, 10 minutes? We talked about all sports. We talked about, you know, politics. We talked. So you, it's just a kind of a through line. Uh... uh because I find that the people that, hey, this topic is about, you know, uh, the show 90 Day Fiance or whatever. And that's all they specifically talk about. I got to really be in a mood for that. Versus, hey, you know, hey, how, how's it going with you at work? If you and I started up a conversation and then we wind up talking for an hour, we're not going to talk about your job, which is the first question I ask. Hey, how's things going at work? If we talked about that for an hour straight, no one's going to keep listening. But if we, if that's our jump-off point for what becomes an organic conversation, those are the ones that I always tend to. I tend to like the podcast. I'm like, hey, we're you know we kind of talk about the Bills. We're at least going to touch on the Bills. And if I'm a Bills fan or NFL fan, I'm like, but if the show has always got interesting talks and arguments and and viewpoints, when everybody agrees, I don't find it interesting. You know what I mean? I like when people make me go, fuck, you know what? I actually, after listening to that podcast, somebody has changed my opinion about something. Whether it's Ben Roethlisberger, whether it's whether women should vote, I still say no. But um, whatever it is, um, that those are the podcasts that I always find you know, fascinating. So I, I, last time we did this, we talked about the Bills, we talked about the NFL. We want to talk about all kinds of shit. Dude, you know what's funny is I put that on earlier and I was listening to it and then I just pulled out. I'm embarrassing myself and stop. But like we were talking about Trump and all this crazy shit. And what's crazy is I ended up fighting some wild legal battle. Like I got married and shit. And I had to actually go up against the system here and try to pass a private bill and have them tell me, you know, with this administration, I started thinking like do nothing Democrats. And so I started to see the whole other side. And I've always been like Democrat by, you know, like. So I had a crazy little thing going on situation for somebody I was married to while getting sure. divorced. And um, so sometimes when you're not faced with the system up in your face and you don't have, I had to realize like, wait a second, I've been self-employed for a long time. Why am I worried about what some other of my friends or whatever think? They just don't understand what I'm going through. I don't need to appeal to them. And um, Sure. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a confidence battle. And frankly, with this podcast, a big reason I stopped for a while is because so many people are so passionate, dude, about this shit 
like why do I want to just clog the air like who am I and I've had people reach out to me and and tell me really nice compliments like hey man we like them we like them we like them but we don't doesn't mean we want to necessarily like listen to them like I, I I'd really frankly I don't hate Shannon Sharp or Skate Bayless but like how many fucking times can I just hear this stupid softball over and over and over and get into nothing? Bayless and annoys then... me, and you get sick of the cowboy homing. Uh, he's such a homer. I don't know. Bayless annoys me. Uh, Shannon Sharp, I don't mind. But he sounds like he's got a mouth full of marbles. Sounds like he's got marbles. He always sounds like he has a mint in his mouth, and he doesn't. They I think up... his tongue is too big for his mouth. They bring up some really good points, though, sometimes. You know what I mean? I got to be honest. Like, he was saying something. Uh, Shannon Sharp was saying something. And I'll let you go after this great point. Um, he was saying something about, which we can get into, Antonio Brown. I think the Buffalo Bills dodge a bullet. Brandon Bean dodged a bullet with this Antonio Brown going, yeah, not coming to the Bills. And holy shit. Credit to Tomlin for keeping Bell and him and the same fucking team and rape, rape Morbrigger. Like, what the fuck? Dude? Everything like, you're saying, I agree with so far. Everything, I mean, this really, for one, made me go, wow, Tomlin really not only saw all this coming with both those guys. It's like a guy who sold Bitcoin, got rid of all of his Bitcoin, and then the next day the bottom drops out. But he's not talking shit about it. He's just moving on to the next one. He's already on to the next shit. What a what a professional. What a what, he handled it like a man, like a professional. I'm talking about Tomlin. Where and everybody was like, "Why the fuck would you get rid of?" You had the number, and especially when you look at it like this in fantasy football, the number one receiver and the number one running back, two of the top five picks in fantasy football were both with the Steelers at the same time. And that fran- franchise is go, eh, we're just going to move on. And look at what has happened since those two bounced. They've just been a shit show. Both of them. Both now, of them have been a shit show. Now, okay. Um, Antonio Brown, I think it's just really bonkers. Uh, I, I know there's two sides of every story and all this stuff. And, and, and again, a big reason to podcast, uh, you got to find value. Um, Cole Beasley very passionate for me about that he's going to say like yo fuck everybody i got enough money this isn't right and there's many players and for me on the first one out in front of this media thing i was thinking about like deleting my twitter or some of my tweets but a lot of the dust is settled and like the shit that quote-unquote crackpot triple you know quote-unquote is a joke that like the tinfoil guests are now going on joe fucking rogan you know what I mean? It's like, oh, shit, maybe it is a big financial grab. Maybe it is this. And a lot of these players, like Aaron Rodgers, are coming out like the left is going to cancel me, the right is going to champion me, I want nothing to do with this shit. And my information is outweighing the fucking NFL. And when the NFL, before that movie Concussion, which I never watched because I don't want to see how they spin it, they had the movie on Netflix called League of Denial, and they're fucking scumbags. Okay, and they denied concussions for fucking years, and they're gonna well, they're mandate just what like I the can. Fucking, you know, fucking tobacco companies saying that doesn't cause cancer. You're like, you know, goddamn well this causes cancer. Right, and you got. I make the joke. I make the joke. Sorry, that's my dog. I make the joke that um, pretty much. You're uh, some of these fans will let the coach and the whole team fuck their wife or their family. Like they don't care. They're like, yo, whatever you want. You want me to chop off my limbs to get wheeled into the game? Love the Bills. <laughs> Love the Bills. And, yeah. and, you know, I have my friend Nick Pop from the Red Pintle Tailgate is always on. And he is there all the time. And I miss the whole vibe of everything. So for him, it's kind of like a big deal to go to these games all the time. And frankly, I, can't, I miss the people I would see. I like being at the game and seeing the over the top um view it's of fun. the coverages you know um you get to see a lot of stuff you don't see watching it on tv when you're at a game i just went to a bears game my buddy who uh uh oh, i got a funny story but this is a quick one but i went to a bears cardinals game my buddy that's why i was asking about your season tickets he's a bears season ticket for a while and so i got to go to a game you know other than fantasy and gambling i had no dog in that fight it was just fun to go to a game and like, yeah, you get to see special teams too. 
you know, there's so much you see on a punt and on a kickoff that the TV just shows the guy catch it and, not, and get tackled. But you watch those gunners and you watch those guys that are real deep clobbering each other. It's fascinating. But my buddy's kid is uh, 16. I've known my buddy since we were 13. So I've known this guy for 30 years, you know. His kid's 16, big sports guy. Every time I go over there for like the weekend, me and him always play. That's why I play Madden with his 16-year-old. And uh, and he, he, I mean, I he maybe has beaten me two times in a pandemic. But uh, so I'm over there. I'm over there for. Uh, I was over there for the. That's where I was when you. Cause we tried to do this last week. Right. And I go, hey, I'm just about to bounce for the weekend. I'm going to my buddies for all of the New Year's Eve. So I was there all weekend. So I played a lot of Madden. I was just mopping this kid up. And so it's Sunday morning. We're going to watch NFL games, got making some just little bullshit parlay bets or whatever, just watching football all day Sunday. And he goes, team, he's 16. He goes, this is the best line ever, bro. I want this tattooed. He goes, oh, can we get two games of Madden in before you and my dad get drunk? Because last, last time you played me when you were drunk, you took four delay of games and then you punted on first and 40. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, you didn't expect it, though, did you, buddy? He goes, I returned it for a touchdown. <laughs> so that's one oh, of the two shit. losses. Uh, I probably quit in that game. I'm sure I just didn't even finish it. I didn't even remember that one. Did you see the Did you see the Antonio Brown uh, meme? And I'll let you go with this. Um, did you see the Antonio Brown meme with the... Uh, I've seen a zillion of them. The, 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 the I quit Madden screen over the top of it? <laughs> no. <laughs> send it to me. Find it and send it to me. I, I definitely will. Um, well, here's the thing you don't get. Let's just look at his track record of insanity. Not to mention how he fucked himself in Pittsburgh out of probably retiring there and going down as probably their best receiver ever. You saw what he did in New England because that was in your division. What about the and women the Raiders, too, though? The women, not to mention the women, not mm -hmm. to mention stiffing a chef for ten grand. And if you'd have paid that chef ten thousand dollars, nobody would have ever known that you got your fake Vax card. There's another one, and the only reason that came out is because the chef goes, "Give me my ten grand. It's nothing to you. That's like a cheeseburger at McDonald's to you and I. Give me my ten grand, or I'm gonna leak that you got a fake Vax card because I was there when you got it." I was in your kitchen when you got it. Go fuck yourself. Suck my Bam. Then that comes out. What about when he pretty much quit the Raiders because he didn't like the way his helmet fit? What about when he showed up to training camp in a hot air balloon? Do you Wait, remember that? No. Look at my Instagram. I literally posted it. His first day as a Raider, he shows up to training camp in a hot air balloon. That's got to tell you this guy's nuts. I posted a picture of it, but it was a big thing. The guy's fucking insane. He's, I don't know. And people are like, oh, well, he's got fucking uh, CTE. Vontaze Perfect. Yeah, he got Maybe Perfect. Maybe Vontaze Perfect. That's a dude that creamed him, right? Dude, they say it happened with Kennison, right? He hit his fucking head or some shit. Was that the dude? I mean, it happens, dude. It happens to people. I was just born this way. You some know. people are, and some people can deal with that, but some people lose their... I mean, he's a fucking very strange, eccentric uh, person. And what's crazy is how fucking naturally gifted he is. Like, you know, when they, we as kids, when we come up as little athletes, you know, your father's like, don't throw off your knees. You got to throw this way. It's like, well, that's what the playmakers do. And he does all the right things of like... You take a young receiver that doesn't know body positioning, and he he does that on the sideline. He's he's really talented, but at the same time, you're, but you're not also bigger talking than about a, team. a guy that's exactly one and two. You're not talking about a guy that's um, mm, 25, 24. We're not talking about the who's that receiver up in uh, with the Vikings with your dad's team, Jefferson. We're not talking about the kind of production you're going to get from Jefferson, which is what you would have gotten from Antonio Brown seven years ago. We're talking about, do I want this circus? And do I want to overpay for when you look at the bottom line? If Antonio Brown is healthy and he plays, let's say, 15 of the 17 games. Let's say he plays 14 of the 17 games because of injuries. But he's a good boy. 
the whole time. What's he going to get you? 780 and seven touchdowns? That's Cole Beasley numbers. Do I want to pay fucking triple the price for Cole Beasley numbers with all the trouble that comes, even at the bare minimum? Every time I go to the podium as a coach, I'm going to get asked about Antonio Brown. Just to not have to do that. You can get those numbers out of a fucking receiver for just about anywhere. You know what I mean? No, 100%. If this guy's going to be like, hey, Antonio Brown's fucking nuts, but we could probably get him for $3 million a year, for $9 million for two years, let's say, and he's, we're talking about fucking 1,300 yards and 9, 10 touchdowns, then you start going, fuck, maybe. You're talking about a guy who's going to play fucking realist. Let's be realistic. Antonio Brown has played seven NFL games a year for the last three years, and he's a five, six touchdown guy in within that. It's not yeah, worth he, it. It's not worth it. It's not worth all the bullshit you got to go through just to have that fucking lunatic be a bad apple in your fucking fruit basket of your locker room. 100%. I think with the Bills, you notice that too, that the culture was a big priority, and, and I hated that shit. I, I think talent. Who and do you want? Wins. I know you want to wrap up soon. I just want to ask you real quick. Yeah, yeah. Who do you. Who do you want? Well, let's we're rearing up on the playoffs. I know you got this week's game. Now, do you guys are you going to have a home game or are you going to have to go somewhere? Or does it depend this weekend? I think it depends this weekend. I'm not the guy to ask because I'm kind of just like again getting blue pilled. And if I'm not mistaken, if the Bills win, they get home field advantage if they win against the Jets. Okay, I believe that, and I believe and you if you could win. believe this. I want to see the Bills get the Patriots round one, which I think is what's going to happen. And I would love That's it because you know something that that second game and Teve, if you're down, dude, I would love to talk to you again. I'll try to line up those two, but maybe I'll try to line up a pre playoff show. If you want, I'm going to hold a Brent. Look, well, I was writing as my last question. Do you want Pats? Yes. 100%. You know why? And that's exactly what you just You know said. why? You know that's why? And, I, and, and and have you ever seen Brady play football in person? Uh, let me think. No, I've never seen I, Brady I have play. seen it too many fucking times. And let me tell you something. I bet. When you're at the stadium and if you don't like Brady, you're fucking stupid. Because you just see that open pocket of field and the ball gets there within a half a second. And, and I've come around on him. Me too, man. And, and, and you know what it is, though? Uh, Teve, and I'll leave you with this uh, to piggyback next time we talk to Biddlecom. I think that marketing and all this stuff comes down to these outcomes, and, and people don't want to look at it this way, and we just want to dismiss the refs, but then we can't have these vague stats without context of he's the greatest of all time. No, he's also had a lot of help. A lot of these guys have had a lot of help, and, and, and that's what I was saying. That's a good way to wrap up because that's exactly what we were saying. It takes a lot of things. Mm-hmm. That's what I hate when Tripoli always makes this argument. Well, yeah, if you don't have a, a, a ring, you can't be considered Horrible. one of the goats. I go, Dan Marino, it's not Dan Marino's fault that he had no defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And look at Deion Sanders. If Deion Sanders would have stayed with the Falcons all those years, he never would have won a, a ring. He still would have been, in my opinion, the greatest corner ever. If Barry he Sanders. He was a hired gun. If Barry Sanders, Sanders and Calvin Johnson were on a fucking dumpster fire franchise, they Walter would be Payton good won too. One Super Bowl because of his defense. Exactly. Well, Timo, yeah, thank would, you. I always hated that argument too. You're the best, buddy. Let's let's try to get one in during playoffs. I would love uh, to, dude. Thank I you. Get, when, I, when I get back from LA, let's do one after. Do you the, want um, people to find you? I'm gonna put your uh, information at, everywhere. Yeah, put my information everywhere at the team on uh, on Twitter and Jason Tebow uh, on Instagram and um, uh, Dave, he'll put up all my shit wherever you are. And if anybody's in the Chicagoland area, listen to this. Uh, January 22nd, Valpo, uh, Market and Comedy Lounge, me, Marilyn Rice Cub from 24 and Always Sunny and every movie that's ever been made. Oh, shit. Um, are going to be doing one night, just one night or Saturday night. Uh, tickets are on sale now and you can find that uh, uh, on all my social media. So, oh, and check out Punch Run Sports. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, me, Ari Spears, Sam Tripoli, um, trying to make it happen, buddy. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Dude, Jason, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it, and I'll hit you up um, 
And I will be real. Up after the 20th when I get back and we'll get one with those other fuckheads. I didn't hit you up for a long time because you did post a meme after we talked, which, well, which was, uh, you know, do a podcast one time. We're friends forever. And I was like, oh, fuck, dude, fuck. You know, so. What? Yeah. What did I do? It was like a meme where it's like, uh, if you do a podcast with somebody, now you're like kind of friends forever. Because if you do a bunch of podcasts, you have a bunch of numbers. So I have like a bunch of people I podcasted with one time. Right, 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 right. So I was like, yeah, I got it. That is true, though, but so many people, or just like you, you know, you've listened for so long, and then you and I start talking, and I do your pod, and all of a sudden you're like, even though we've only, we've never even met in person, I know you met Sammy, but I do feel like I've known you for a long time, just because there's so much history of just, like, listening to each other and shit. Dude, thank you, man. It's been, it's been a fun time, and I appreciate you guys with the empowerment over the years, and I wish you the best in your golf career. I and, wish um, you the best, too, buddy. Good luck, uh, good luck in the playoffs, and, uh, Hopefully, when we talk in a couple of weeks, you guys are still alive and you're excited about it. Go Bills. I will. Go Bills. I'll, I'll be rooting for you in the playoffs, brother. Thank you, Jason. You have a great night, bud. All right, brother. We'll see you. See you. Bye.